Everybody good? You feel better? Well, praise God. Ginger feels better, everybody. Let's see. I got to get my fancy, smancy, bougie phone going. Yeah. What is this? It's my phone. It folds out to a tablet. Two in one. Yeah. You need to tell your boyfriend about what I got up here. You need to tell your boyfriend about this. I don't know what that is. That's made by Apple. We don't do that stuff. I don't, I don't do fruit. I don't do fruit. Oh, I got to go this way? Right there? Okay, you'll take your apple. Okay, well, apple a day keeps the doctor away, they say. So I guess that's a positive in there. All right, so uh, Ginger, if you would, have you given an update for Paul yet? You have? When did you do that? Oh, in prayer, but not in here. Yeah, will you do that real quick so I can get undressed? Thank you. Go for it. I'll turn my back. Um, <laughs> yesterday, it's getting hot in here. Um, yesterday, uh, Egan reached out. Um, Paul was supposed to land in Tanzania yesterday, and he reached out, and he was like, hey, have you heard from Paul? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, he was supposed to be here. He's not. And I was like, well, all I know is that he landed in Amsterdam. He had like a three-and-a-half-hour layover. And so I started getting a little anxious, you know, like... And I was like, well, Lord, I know, you know, it's all good. And so finally, Egan said, you have his number? And I gave him his number. And, and uh, he finally reached back out and he said, my man checked at the airport and he's still filling out paperwork. And so um, he, I texted him last night and I told him, I said, hey, I um, hope everything went okay, that you've made it. And he goes, without too many issues. And he said, I've made it, but with issues. <laughs> I've made it with issues. And so many of you may not know that he had taken a very large amount. Greg took him to the airport. It was a lot, wasn't it? It was heavy. I don't even know. Did you go in with him or did you just drop and go? So it was a lot. He had one particular carrier that was as tall as Greg. And it was a part that he's taken to Jerry Lackey in Botswana after he leaves Tanzania and goes to Botswana. And it was a Jeep part, like this massive, uh, uh, it was huge. Then he had his bag. Yeah, his bag was full of parts, and so he was just really concerned. So chances are when he got to Tanzania, I don't know for sure, whatever issues that it might have been may have been partially. So Tanzania has a tendency when you would come in with parts and things. Uh, Laura was telling about uh, Paul Trokel and how some of the things he had. So we're just believing God. He said, all i got to do is get it to Tanzania. I'm handing it off to Jerry Lackey, and then it's his job to get it to Botswana. So he's there. The parts are there. It may have had some issues, but praise God, God's bigger than issues. So continue to pray for him. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ginger. Yeah, yeah see, what y'all don't understand is, is in the mornings when we get here about 8 o'clock, 8.30 on Sundays, and it's cold in here, we turn on all the heaters. And then all you precious, wonderful, hot, air-filled people come in here and you begin to breathe that hot air out of your body and it raises another 20 degrees beyond what we already had. And we already had it at, at like the third level of hell in here, you know, because it's cold outside. So we got we to gotta crank the heater, heater up to third level of hell to make sure that everybody's sweating before anybody gets here. So that's how that stuff works. I'm not complaining. I'm just hot. This ain't going to last long. I'm going to have to get out of here. I mean, <laughs> Megan's already asked me if I'm about to pass out. I'm leaning right now. I'm, I'm feeling it. I, if I go down, that means service is over. Okay? <laughs> Boom. Greg hits the floor. Y'all get up and go. It means it's done. Okay. Joke time. I have two jokes that I'm going to tell. 
one of them's kind of good. The other one's really good. Okay. So uh, I just kind of, I was kind of in a joke mood this, this last two or three days. I've just been looking at jokes. I don't know why, but I am. Probably because I'm one and I want to get familiar with myself. Nobody thought that one was funny, did they? Wow. Oh, speaking of jokes. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good too. All right. So why is it always best and cheapest to throw a party in a haunted house? If you know it, don't say it. Why is it always best to throw a party or the cheapest to throw a party in a haunted house. Any takers that do not know. All right. It's because the ghosts bring the booze. All right. Last one. What is blue and is not very heavy? What is blue and is not very heavy? Light blue. That's a good one. Light blue. Amen. <laughs> Let's hope the preaching's a little bit better, which we won't go long because I'm about to pass out. Uh, so, <laughs> preparation for today, right? Wow, they're already gone. Look at that. I mean, I ain't even started good, and Ava's cutting out, taking her daddy with her. She's had enough. Pfft. That's enough, Greg. Yeah, I told you I was the joke. So anyway, um, let's get let's get into the word and get where we want to be. And I'm I'm still shook up from from walking in this morning, so just forgive me. I'm kind of shaking a little bit. My legs are a little weak. Uh, the anointing was super strong. Uh, not sure why. But it was probably because y'all needed it and expected it, and that's what happens here, you know. So let's let's turn our expectation on for the word this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that your word is life. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that your word is 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 life to us. And Father, we thank you that as it's ministered to us, that it's seed that sowed on good ground. We prepare our hearts right now to receive your word, Father. And I thank you, Father, that it, it can be something. Please let it be something beyond what I say, Lord. But I ask you, Holy Ghost, to minister to everybody individually. And if I'm if I'm in the wrong place and saying the wrong things, you go ahead and you correct it in their hearts, Father, and give them peace. Give them peace. We ask you, Lord, to give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and we'll know what is the hope of your calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, which is my favorite place to go in the whole Bible except for maybe Ephesians sometimes. Romans chapter 8. We were on it the last time I was in here, and I'm going to begin in a spot, go to some places, and let's hope that we land in, some, in, a, good, in a good place. And, and as I said, I don't plan to keep you much longer uh, this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And this is used more often than not whenever it comes to prosperity and the prosperity message that, you know, that, that if God didn't withhold Jesus, he's not going to withhold anything else. And whenever we start thinking about and talking about things, we normally go to the area of stuff, you know, cars, boats, trucks, four-wheelers, those type things. 
And, and although this scripture does pertain to that, and that is a portion of what, what, it, what he's talking about, what, what Paul is saying in here, there's also more to it, you know, uh, you know that, that he didn't withhold his own son, but delivered him up for us own. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Not just some things, but all things. The Amplified Bible says all things richly to enjoy. All things that we're to enjoy. And, and included in this all things bit that, that really God's just been really working on me about. If y'all remember, we had a few Sundays back where I felt like we had like a word about embracing some change in our life. And, 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 and really stepping over into the change. And in fact, we've taken, we've taken that as portion of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the church's vision for this next year. That it's a year that, that there's change that's happening. But in the spirit, there's these lines that are beginning to get drawn. In the spirit realm to where we know who we are and we, we justify. Not justify, but, but verify in ourselves who we are. And what it is we're supposed to be doing for God and embracing whatever that change is that God needs us for this next year and step over into it. So all things includes that. It includes the change that God needs from us. It includes the direction that God has for us. It includes what it is that he wants us to do. I think it's funny that more often than not, when I'm talking to people about, you know, personal things and, you know, hey, Pastor Greg, I need to talk to you. It, it comes to this area of what am I supposed to do? What am I doing with myself? I mean, it's happened over the past two or three weeks. It's happened at least half a dozen times with me. Finding out what it is I'm supposed to do. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that if he didn't withhold Jesus, he's not withholding that either. He is telling you he is prepared he has he is ready to show you exactly what he needs you to do and he's not withholding it in the least it's prepared for you if y'all remember i think it's uh oh what's that what's that youth scripture eleven twenty nine uh jeremiah jeremiah eleven twenty nine is that right did i do that right huh twenty nine eleven okay there you go i got close Ain't nothing wrong with clothes. Counts in horseshoes. Hand grenades. Dang right. So, Jeremiah 29, 11. Did I do it right that time? What does it say? Since y'all are Bible scholars, what does it say? Yes. Plans. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. There it is. The thoughts that I think towards you, it says in the King, New King James, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, see, a lot of us, we have our hopes and the things that we would hope to do and like to do. And, oh, I sure hope I could do that. I sure hope I could do that. You know, God is in heaven. He's called the God of hope in Romans. In the book of Romans, it calls him the God of hope, that he is the God of hope. And he sits in heaven and, and hopes and thinks about the things he would like for you to do. He has hopes for you. He has plans for you. He has thoughts for you and thoughts about you. And he is ready to reveal them to you. Because if he didn't withhold Jesus, he ain't going to hold back on anything else. Including what he wants you to do. If you think about it, let's put yourselves, put yourselves in God's seat right now. Boom, you're God. Uh, what was it called? Bruce Almighty. Boom, there you go. Okay? 
You're the Almighty today, right now. And all you want to do is insert your will upon the earth. That's it. And you've got a billion people or so that are ready to do that. And they tell you all the time in their prayers to you that they want to do that. And most of them, every day, they get up and say, Lord, just just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Most of them do that. Let's say 70% of them do that whenever they get up in the morning. To some degree, want you to tell them what it is. Are you going to withhold that information from them? If you're God, why would that even that wouldn't that doesn't even make sense to me that God would withhold anything from me, including what He wants me to do. I would think that when I got up in the morning, the first thing God's doing is bumping me, going, "Hey, hey, get up! I need you to go do such and such today." I mean, if Angel needs me to do something in the morning, she's gonna tell me. She told me last week, and I forgot. Okay. And then she's going to tell me tonight before we go to bed. And I'm going to forget again because I, I slept. When I sleep, it's, it's, it's gone. And then when I get up in the morning, what's she going to do? She's going to tell me again. She's going to keep telling me. Why? Because she wants me to accomplish that thing for her. So God is not withholding anything at all from you. Nothing. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. This is a fun one. So how do we obtain that? How do we get ourselves in a position? No, we're not going to Romans chapter 12. We ain't going to do that. I lied. I told a fib. I told a fib all day. I told a fib. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Amen. Amen. Y'all feeling good this morning? Everybody feeling okay? Have y'all cooled off? I still hadn't. I'm up here shaking and sweating. Yeah, heating you up with my word. All right. Maybe that's why I'm so hot. Oh, I wasn't talking about the temperature. I was talking about the... Let's see, Ephesians 4. Yeah. Look at this. This is a recommendation from Paul. Who, uh, who was writing to the church of Ephesus that was, uh, that was pastored by Timothy. Y'all heard of first, uh, Timothy? You know there's a book in the Bible, First Timothy. So he wrote this to their church. He says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. He said, Not only am I telling you, but it's something that I'm testifying of. So not only am I telling you to do it, but I've done it myself. Did y'all get that? Not only am I telling you to do it, but I've done it myself. And testify in the Lord. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, lewdness, or lewdness there we go, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Alright, let's, let's stay right there. So what Paul is saying in this one to the church at Ephesus, what he's trying to tell them is to say, look, I'm going to tell you to do something that I've had to do myself. And what I'm telling you to do is not to set your heart and your minds on the things that the Gentiles are doing. Now, in, the, in that world, the Gentiles were the non-Christian folk. 
The people that didn't believe as we be, believe, and not, not the followers of God. They were followers of idols. They were followers of other, other gods, whatever they may be. You know, I mean, like Hindu, the Hindu faith, they believe like in thousands of them. You know, I mean, it's like they're following all kinds of different stuff. And what he's saying is not to do that. And if you back up, uh, no, go back one more having their understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They got into a state to where they spent so much time going after these other gods and these other thoughts and these other ideas that they alienated themselves from God. Alienated themselves from God. And what Paul is saying is don't do like they do. Because if you alienate yourself from God... Because of their ignorance is in them, the blindness of the hearts, go, go back to 19. Who being had past faith have given themselves over to what? Lewdness. To work all uncleanliness with greediness. Yeah. So if you see yourself, if you find yourself working lewdness, <laughs> uncleanliness, which I know nobody in this building would ever do that, and greediness, you have found yourself in a state of being alienated from God. Go back to the very first scripture in this, I think it's 17. No longer walk, in, walk as they walk in the futility of their what? Of their mind. Now y'all all know this, but I'm going to tell you again, you're made up of three parts, right? You're a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. That's who you are. That's what you are. Everybody, every person that walks on the face of this earth is a spirit that has a soul and they live in a body. That's the way it works. When you get born again, when a Christian is born again, their spirit is made brand new unto God and God's spirit is mixed with their spirit just like Kool-Aid and water. Y'all remember me doing that up here. Okay? The flesh doesn't ever change. Your flesh right now don't want to be in here. Your flesh wants to be home into bed and eating cookies and Twinkies and watching Netflix and hanging out and doing whatever because I just don't feel like it today. <sighs> Everybody, I don't care who you are, it's what your flesh wants to do. I don't care who you are. You don't sit down. Where's my chair? Where's my chair? I'm going to find that chair today. My cousin Scott, he even says that in his chair, what he tries to do is see how long it takes for the imprint of his butt to show up in it. I think that's funny. So that's the flesh. But we also have this one thing that's called a soul, which is our mind and our will and our emotions. And that thing right there is the key factor to finding out what it is God wants you to do because your spirit already knows. Your spirit, it's been revealed to your spirit. Your spirit understands exactly what God wants it to do. It knows exactly where it's supposed to be today. It knows exactly what it's supposed to do tomorrow. It knows what it's going to do the next day and blah, 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 blah. And it keep going, 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 going. It knows all of these things. Your spirit is ready to rock and roll on the things of God. Your flesh is ready to not to all day long. Chill out. Don't do nothing. Let's see how much nothing we could do today. That's your flesh. But that mind, that mind is constantly, constantly working one way or the other. And vacillating, you don't know the word vacillating? It's one of my favorite words. That's a, that's a 13 point word in scramble, vacillating. 
It's going back and forth. And so what he's saying here is that the Gentiles that he's talking about, the folks that were not with God, that were alienated from God, were walking out the futility of their mind. Their mind was set on the wrong thing. Their mind was looking at the wrong stuff. Now, I know they didn't have Netflix and Facebook and Instagram back then, but you get my drift, don't you? Snapchat. Mind just on the wrong stuff. Mind in the wrong place. And how is it that we could even fathom beyond, even even begin to think by the slightest shadow of a doubt that God is going to show us what he wants to do watching Netflix? Or Prime Video? Or... Amazon Prime, you know, yeah, yeah, or Instagram. Do you really think that God is going to speak to you through Instagram, Snapchat, guys and gals? Yeah, they they ain't liking me today, Jordan. I ain't gonna preach next week. That's why I got to hit them hard this week. Yeah, TikTok. Oh. I know you could find the will of God on TikTok. You could definitely do that. There's no question. No question in my mind that you could do that. Now, they walk in the futility of their mind. Go back to verse 18. Let's, let's keep going here, Melissa. Catch up with me, girl. There you go. Having their understanding darkened. Look at that. Their understanding darkened. Understanding darkened. Before we started, I prayed the Ephesians prayer, the, the first Paulian prayer in Ephesians that says that you would, you would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him that the eyes of our understanding be what? Enlightened. See, God is ready to bring light and enlightenment to your understanding. But all the enemy wants to do is darken that thing. And you do know what understanding is. Y'all know this, right? Have I ever told y'all? No, I'm getting blank stares. I thought I'd done this before. Okay. Knowledge is the accumulation of fact. Yes. Wisdom is the application of that fact, of those facts. Understanding is the proper arrangement of the facts so you can walk out wisdom. So knowledge is getting the facts getting the information. Wisdom is putting it all together in a methodical order to where I can walk out wisdom in my life. Does that make sense? So that your understanding becomes darkened, which means you don't know how stuff's supposed to be put together. It's like trying to put together a Lego without the directions. You're not really sure if this piece goes here or here. And so what happens is your understanding gets darkened and now stuff just don't make sense. Have you ever heard anybody say, the Bible don't make no sense to me. It contradicts itself the whole time. It's because your understanding is darkened. You're alienated from God. You're thinking on the wrong stuff. You're letting the wrong stuff in there. And now your brain's not able to, to function. You're not figuring out. Your soul's going, what? I can't see nothing. I'm just saying. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them. See, darkened understanding was to bring ignorance. Boy, you ignorant. You know? 
That's the way God talks to me at least. He'll do, okay, you're ignorant. Stop it. Which ignorance is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just not a good place to be. Because the blindness of the heart, ignorance being, brings blindness. I feel like I'm Yoda. You know, f- hate, fear brings hate. Hate brings suffering. suffering. <laughs> Seriously, that's the way I feel. I feel like I'm Yoda. Because of the ignorance, understanding gets darkened. Ignorance comes. Blindness of heart then follows. What's next? Being past feeling, give themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Now check this out. Everything you do and have done and will do in life began as a thought. Everything. See this microphone that I'm holding? This started as a thought in somebody's soul. And that thought stayed with them. And they eventually acted upon it and created this microphone that we purchased that I now use. The chair that you're sitting in began as a thought that somebody had. And they stayed on it and developed it into an actual thing. The clothes you were wearing, somebody's thought. The car you drive, somebody's thought. The pen that you use, Somebody's thought. The glasses that you... Somebody's thought. Y'all getting where I'm coming from here? Everything begins as a thought. The question is, is what kind of thought are we putting in our brains? And giving life to. Continue. Let's keep going. But you have not so learned Christ. So he's saying, look, all these other folk, don't worry about that because that ain't you. That's what Paul's trying to say. He throws you, rakes you over the coals and then he pulls you out and says everything's going to be okay. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Keep going. That if you put off, he's telling you what we got to do. What's that? Got to put off, just like I did that, that covering I had on me because I was too hot. Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, Keep going. And be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. Where is your brain? Where is your mind? God is not holding back anything. He didn't withhold Jesus. He will not withhold anything else, including what you're supposed to do tomorrow morning when you get up. Where's your mind? Now go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Ain't this fun? Is it up there? I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So the first thing that Paul's saying here to the church at, at Rome, he's saying, look, brethren, he's talking to believers. He's talking to folk that said, yes, Jesus is my Lord. He's talking to people just like you. And he's saying, I beseech you, which means I'm begging you. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then it goes on to say what? And do not be conformed to what? This world. 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Uh, Melissa, I'm going to throw you a curveball. New Living Translation. Do we happen to have that? It's called the NLT, for those of you all that don't know. Do we have it? We'll get it. Boom, boom. They're so good back there. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Wow! He didn't withhold Jesus. He won't withhold anything else. Why should you? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, talking about your body, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Next verse. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. The Bible says that we're to be a peculiar people, does not, which does not mean that we're strange. It just means that we're different. And why are we different? Because we are not a copy of this world. We are a copy of heaven. We are, what, we are supposed to look like what heaven looks like. That is us. I'm not a copy of this world. I don't want to be like this world. I don't want to walk the way this world walks. I don't want to do the way this world does. does, does. <laughs> I want to walk and operate just like heaven does because that's where I'm really from. I'm only here for a season and for a short time. I'm from heaven. They do things different there. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. If your brain has not been affected by your walk with Jesus, then, then I'm going to have to start questioning your walk with Jesus. Because Jesus will present to you on a considerable, considerable basis, on a constant basis, decisions. And get right up in your face about what you're going to do. He does that. That's the way he operates. He is constantly putting a, a, a question in front. What you going to do with this? How are you going to run? What's the, what about? What about? I mean, he's constantly demanding of us some sort of decision. Y'all seeing this? Are y'all with me? Then you will know God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. Go back to the New King James. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind, is what the King James says. We renew our minds to the word of God. James says to receive the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Your spirit got saved. Your flesh ain't never going to get saved. But your soul, you got to do something with that thing every single day. Our Pentecostal brothers and sisters call it dying daily. That every day you renew your mind to what the Word of God is telling you to do. Because God has given us 66 books of what He wants us to do. It's called the Bible. I got one over here. I don't know if y'all do. See this right here? You know what we call this? God's will for you. This right here. 66 books of what he's got for you. If you do these things, he's also giving you of his spirit. He could tell you exactly what he wants you to do beyond this. But you could at least do this first. There's a reason why I told him to pull that scripture up before we got going this morning. Because that's what the word says to do. That you call for the elders of the church. They anoint you with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. 
That's what the Word says. So therefore, that's the thought that I have. So if you're sick in your body, you should be thinking what the Word says. By the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. You lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Call for the others of the church and let them lay hands on me. Those are the things I need to be doing. Is this making sense at all? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I told you I was going to let you go early, so it might be like a minute and a half early maybe. To be conformed to something means that you're pressed into it. It's taking metal and squeezing and pushing and putting pressure on the metal to where it, 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 it molds into something else. You got a flat sheet of metal, compress it, you got a bumper on a car. That's what that means. The world will do everything it can to pressure you into conforming what it wants you to be. It's pushy. It's, it's puts you in a bind. It, it squeezes on you and pressures on you and makes you feel like you have no other options out there whatsoever. But to conform to whatever it is it wants you to conform to. That's the way the world works. That's how the enemy works. He only wants one thing and that's what he wants. Period. Nothing else. And he will pressure you and push you and squeeze you so stinking hard to make you Form into what he wants you to form into. That's what conformed. But instead, Paul is telling us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now what God does is he transforms. He transforms you. See, God will change you. He doesn't want to pressure you to make you be something. He gives you the opportunity to transform and to change into something brand new. The same word is the word that we use whenever we use the word more. uh, What are you doing? Butterfly metamorphosis. Thank you. I'm telling you, I'm still shaking. Metamorphosis. Caterpillar. Butterfly, non-believer, believer. Believer in a bind to a believer not in a bind. Don't know what God wants me to do to into proving out the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, God gives you the option. Change. Renew your mind to my word and let me mold you and change you. At a cellular level, I'll change you completely. People won't even recognize you anymore. I'll make you so brand new, they won't even recognize who you are. And you'll prove out my will in your life. Every step you take, every move you make will be my will in your life. Let me in. Let me in. Let me change you. We said we would step in and embrace change in 2022. Let him change you. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways as the heavens are from the earth. It doesn't mean that they're far away. It just means they're just so much more broader that we don't have a clear understanding. We can't see tomorrow, but he can see tomorrow better than you can repeat what I said two seconds ago. He knows exactly what tomorrow has to bring. 
And all of it can be revealed simply by looking at this. Renewing our minds to his word. Because everything his spirit says is in here. And it it lines up with this in here. He's ready to show you what he wants you to do. He has it waiting. It's anticipating. The angels are sitting on go. All of heaven is looking at you. It's that crowd of witnesses just looking at you going, you finna roll? You finna go? We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. And all we have to do to get there is renew our minds to his word. Amen? Y'all good? Let's go. I think I kicked that dog enough. I could probably kick him a little more, but I ain't going to hold y'all. I said that dog, not any dog. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Meekness just means being teachable. Be open. Let God teach you something. If you don't have a devotional life, create one. It's easy. Five minutes of prayer, five minutes of word. You ain't got to do that. Five minutes of just word. Some place to start. If you don't know where to start, I'll tell you. Romans chapter 8. Go there. I dare you. You'll be up here like me one day. Can't get out of Romans chapter 8. Why not? Because that's where I started. Get a devotional life. Prayer life, of course. But it didn't say renewing your mind, you know, renewing your mind with prayer. It's with God's word. Where's the piano coming from? I'm like, oh, they got it playing in the back. Duh. I was like, where's Joseph? Oh, I got you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So get yourself a devotional life, huh? Get in that word, man.